Hey, listeners of the Bio Report, I want to tell you about a new member benefit from the California Technology Council. CTC has teamed with Reprovada to offer members six months of Reprovada's COT Network service for free, which gives companies the power of a VPN at a fraction of the cost. A remote, flexible workforce is the new normal, but most corporate networks aren't built to accommodate work from home at scale. Reprovada's COT Network offers an easily deployable, affordable, and scalable solution to securely enable remote workers and protect the corporate network. To learn more about this and other member benefits, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. To see the effects of aging, all you have to do is look in a mirror and watch the changes over time. Fountain Therapeutics is training its artificial intelligence platform to look at individual cells to detect changes that occur as cells get older and discover therapeutics that target underlying mechanisms of aging. The company believes this will provide new ways to target therapies to treat a range of diseases associated with aging. We spoke to John Demos, CEO of Fountain, about the company's AI platform, its approach to understanding aging at a cellular level, and how it provides new ways of discovering and developing therapeutics for diseases of aging. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about aging, fountain therapeutics, and its efforts to use its AI platform to address the consequences of aging. You're looking at aging at a cellular level. What is aging in that context? That's a great question, Danny. Um, We all understand what happens to us, I guess, intuitively as we get older. You know, first the superficial things, we develop wrinkles, and then, you know, the more significant things, we start getting a little bit frail, a little bit slower, perhaps we start gaining weight. Um, we get older, we also become prone to developing more and more diseases, um, any of the so-called age-associated diseases, which is about 80, maybe 90% of all diseases that, that humans are afflicted with are diseases that are associated with getting older. What happens is that our cells start slowly breaking down. They start slowly developing dysfunctions. And this is likely the very root cause of all of these aging processes and consequences. And at Fountain, we're looking very specifically to find drugs to prevent or even reverse that kind of age-associated damage. How is cellular aging different than, say, chronologic aging? Uh, The two things are, of course, linked, but they're separate. Chronological aging is determined very much by the date on which you were born. We can look at a calendar and know exactly how old we are. Biologic aging is a little bit different. It integrates not only that time, but also our health, our activity, our environment, our genes. Um, And it's something that it is very much, um, at least in part, but still very much under our control. 
we can influence our biological age based on our diet, based on our exercise, based on other lifestyle factors, as well as by the drugs that we take or, or perhaps don't take. And is what you're doing in any way change our conception of aging or our conception of disease? I certainly hope so. We have long thought that aging is something that's that's immutable. We're, we're born, we age at a certain rate, we succumb to old age if we're lucky. Um, in fact, it, it's not in any way linear, and it's not something that preordained has to happen following that sort of calendar clock. We do have control over how we age, and as as Fountain and, and many other companies working in the space continue to discover and develop new products targeting age, I think we'll have even more control over those processes. And we'll stop thinking about aging as this, this unchangeable march towards the inevitable. We tend to think about diseases as driven by proteins, either proteins that are expressed in too great a quantity or, or not enough, is, is looking at the cell itself, the aging cell, does that suggest something different about the way we can approach disease or, or how we think about what a disease is? Yes, Danny, absolutely. At least I think so. So there are a lot of hypotheses out there about what drives aging. So for example, maybe it's your telomeres getting shorter. There's a lot of activity in that space. Maybe it's the buildup of, of senescent or so-called zombie cells. Again, a lot of work in that area. Maybe it's the, the mitochondria, the, the energy powerhouse of the cell starting to, to not work as well. Again, also a lot of work in that area. I can go on and on and on. There are all these different molecular protein um, processes that are linked to aging. At Fountain, we're taking a slightly different approach. And we're saying that we don't know what the right hypothesis is. We don't know what the right way is to target aging. So instead, we're, we're, we're integrating it a little bit. And instead of looking at the molecular, the protein level, we're looking at the whole cell level and simply watching how the cells behave, how the cells age, and looking for ways to intervene in those processes. Should aging itself be thought of as a disease? <laughs> I think that's a little bit more right now of a philosophical question than it is a scientific one. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are a lot. We, we have the freedom to philosophize here. We, we, we certainly do, and 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 there is no shortage of that, you know, around the fountain water cooler, so to speak, and I'm sure at many many other places. Um, I think as we start to understand aging better over time, and perhaps have therapeutics that target aging will be a little bit more um, comfortable thinking of aging as a disease that can be treated rather than, than an inevitable. I um, think one thing any of us has experienced aging in any extent is the slowing down of our body's ability to heal. What role mm -hmm. does the Generative ability of the body play in terms of aging, and, and how does that relate to what you're trying to measure? Yeah, that's a great question, Danny. The, the body certainly has an, an incredible ability to repair itself, and over time, that ability does break down, perhaps leading to a lot of aging consequences. We're not looking specifically at those processes, but do think that any of the therapeutics that we develop over time 
um, will have and, and, and should have a large role to play in, in improving those um, repairing processes. As you think about therapeutic strategies that you're pursuing, are you ultimately targeting specific diseases or are you targeting cellular mechanisms of, of aging? Mm. Um, also a little bit of a philosophical question, perhaps. So right now, I think we tend to call perhaps diseases or conditions for which we don't have drugs. We consider them normal aging. And then over time, we'll develop drugs for them and we'll consider them diseases and not part of the normal aging process. So uh, I'm not thinking in terms of philosophy in any way. I'm thinking very specifically in terms of an IND and an indication you will pursue when you move a, a therapeutic to a clinical study. Are you targeting diabetes, Alzheimer's, or are you targeting something more obscure in terms of a, a cellular process? No, from, from that perspective, we'll certainly be targeting a, a, a well-known indica well indications um, so that we have clear regulatory and, and clinical development paths with the, the FDA and the EMA. You're using an AI platform for drug discovery. What is your platform actually looking at and, and how does it work? Yeah, AI is one of the, the very important tools we're using in the lab for this work. So when we look at each other's faces, I'm gonna step backwards for a second and give you an example. When we look at each other's faces, we have some intuitive understanding of approximately how old we are. Our, our brains do that somewhat automatically. We have a similar system in the lab where we can look at cells, cells taken either from animals, from mice, or from, from people, from, from healthy individuals, and we can look at them very holistically and our AI program is now trained to the point that it can take images of these cells, again, from mice or people, and it can predict the age of the mouse or person from which we got those cells with remarkable precision and accuracy. What I've seen with some other AI systems that do imaging on a large scale is it gets to a point where you may not know what the system is actually seeing in, in making its determinations. Uh, how well understood is the kind of decision process of the AI system? And that's a very active area of research um, at Fountain and, of course, more generally in, in the, the AI space. So we have, some, we have some strong ideas on exactly what it's picking up. Um, it's not just a generic black box that we're calling age. We have some good ideas um, that we're continuing to chase down both uh, biologically and computationally. And is it known, is there evidence that if you treat cells with a therapeutic intervention that you can make them appear younger? And does that translate into a functional or disease-modifying benefit? There's a lot of early evidence from that, um, particularly coming from the work that we're doing at Fountain. Um, all I can say for now is to stay tuned as we continue to develop the science and become more and more public with it. I'm wondering also what this might, what implications this might have for endpoints in structuring a clinical trial around mm -hmm. one of the therapies you advance. Is the expectation you would use traditional endpoints for a study in any of the diseases you pursue, or or might this approach lead to novel endpoints? Uh, both are true in the the short term um, 
for certain, Fountain is looking to use established endpoints in the clinical trials that will eventually launch. We don't want to change the way the FDA regulates the industry, at least not quite yet. But over time, I think there is potential that the kind of work that we're doing at Fountain can have implications to endpoints. Um, right now, we don't have a good biological marker, a good biomarker of aging. And I think that's something that, that's going to change in the near future. Fountain has not said much or anything about targets <laughs> or patients. Have you identified novel targets at this point? We have. We have identified some novel targets. And, and any hint as the areas this may may address? Um, <laughs> so we completed a drug screen around the end of last year. This was a, a drug screen using small molecules in our system. And from that work, we identified a number of targets. Some of them are ones that we and many others have predicted would be relevant for aging, and some are novel. Um, that's really the, the, the extent to what I can talk about today regarding uh, both the, the existing targets that we found through our system, as well as the novel ones that we've discovered with our approach. Well, without talking about specific indications or, or specific targets, how are you going about prioritizing the indications you're going to pursue. I imagine this is going to open up a, a lot of possibilities. Yeah, it opens up a lot of possibilities, which is a tremendous set of opportunities. It is also challenging. We are a early stage biotech. Capital is always limiting. We need to be smart with, with how we develop our plans. Um, we're looking at, uh, we're taking a number of experimental approaches to narrow down uh, the list of options we have in front of us including fast-tracking some animal studies to get an idea of how some of our hits uh, behave in whole animal studies, both with respect to aging and aging processes, as well as with respect to particular indications that we're ready to talk about um, sometime next year. One of the challenges with, with pursuing new targets is the lack of validation. What, what have you done to validate the targets you pursue? We have very active research in, in the target validation area at Fountain, both using uh, in vitro approaches in our laboratory, biological and AI-based approaches, as well as whole animal studies that we're conducting now. And how well are you funded at this point and how far will that funding take you? Uh, so we closed a round of funding in, in February of this year. The timing was uh, was quite perfect in hindsight. And we have two large investors behind us that are very supportive of the company, Nanfang Life Sciences and Coastal Ventures. So we're, we're well capitalized right now. The company's in a really strong position. We are looking to use the proceeds from that last funding uh, to get us through animal studies and some other proof of concepts uh, sometime next year uh, to support a larger raise then to launch uh, INT enabling studies and eventually our first clinical trials. And is the expectation that you're going to focus on small molecules? Are you modality agnostic? We are modality agnostic. We have an active research program in small molecules, as I've mentioned. We also have a, a very active area uh, right now in biologics, specifically monoclonal antibodies. 
And what's the path forward? How soon might you expect to be in the clinic? Uh, from the small molecule project, which is a little bit further along at this point, we're expecting that if the animal data, the animal studies continue to show positive results, we'll be able to file an IND in about two years. John Demost, CEO of Fountain Therapeutics. John, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Danny. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.